Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. Well, I don't know if you've ever been on a family driving vacation before. Uh, my guess is you probably have. I grew up going on family driving vacations with my family. And um, I think family driving vacations are always a good idea until you actually get in the car with your family and get going. Um, my kids now are 10 and 12 and pretty much all, all the vacations that we take every year, every summer are driving vacations, of course, cause, just because they're, they're cheaper. And I do want to say just off the record that um, it is possible that we may or may not have on more than one occasion given our children some special medicine to help them fall asleep on the drive. So don't tell anybody that, but um, that, that might be true. You know, family vacations, one of the things that they do is they also uh, test the fruit of the Spirit in your life. That's the Bible talks about in Galatians chapter five, the fruit of the Spirit is really the character of Jesus. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the nine characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. If you want to know how well you're doing becoming like Jesus, take a family vacation, all right? See how much self-control you have or how much peace you have or how much joy you have when you've been in the car with your family for a couple of hours and they've, they've asked you the same question over and over. Are we there yet, right? A million times. But seriously, I want you to think about and ask yourself this question right now. How are you doing on a scale of one to 10 with the joy level in your life? How are you doing on a scale of one to 10 with the joy in your life? In other words, how much joy or maybe how much little joy do you have right now? My guess is that all of us, I mean, maybe you're an exception, but I think probably everybody, including myself, we could use more joy in our life. We could make room for more joy in our lives. You know that you and I have a fundamental need for joy in our lives because without joy, life is stressful, it's overwhelming, it's even helpless at times. In fact, studies have shown that the more joy that we have in our lives, the more productive we are. Some corporations I've heard hired quote unquote joy consultants, which I have no idea what they actually do, but their job is to build up the joy in the lives of their employees so they can be more productive. The truth is that you'll have more energy, you'll be more creative, you'll have more productivity in your life when you have more joy in your life. Listen to this great promise in scripture. It's one of my favorite verses, Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10. It says, don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. What a great promise. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In fact, wherever you're watching right now, just make that declaration over your life. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Notice the phrase of the Lord that the source of joy is the Lord himself. We're gonna talk about that. And notice the connection between joy and strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Here's the whole premise and purpose of my message. Choosing joy 
or the choice to rejoice is a difference maker. Joy comes from the Lord and provides spiritual strength to see you through every situation in life. Make room for joy in your life. That's what I hope this message helps do in these next few minutes. You know, for me personally, finding joy is sometimes a challenge. It doesn't come easy in my life. I'm, I'm not naturally a, a kind of an upbeat, optimistic person. I'm, I'm not one of those people who, you know, never has a bad day and always feels good. I think Pastor Michael's like that. Those kind of people, if you're being honest, they're a little bit annoying, aren't they? Don't they just irritate you a little bit if you're, if you're not that way? And um, so sometimes you have to fight for joy. I have to fight to choose joy in my life. And I'm sure like, like all of us, like all of you watching, the, the impact that COVID has had since middle of March of last year, almost a year now, how that's affected almost every part of our life, that hasn't made finding joy any easier. I think just even the things that have been going on in the last couple months in our nation and in our world, that's made it harder, at least for me, to sometimes to, to find joy or choose joy. And I also know that you guys are in the middle of prayer and fasting right now. I think through the end of the month, we're in prayer and fasting as well. I don't know about you, but fasting, whatever expression it takes, it just makes me grumpy, especially the first few days. And so we have to continue to choose joy. You know, joy does not mean feeling good all the time. That's not what joy is. That's impossible, actually. That, even for the most optimistic person that you can think of, uh, that's not possible. I think this is a really great, solid, uh, biblically-based definition of joy And it comes from Kay Warren, Pastor Rick Warren's wife. Listen to what she says. She says, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is gonna be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. I love that. I'm going to read that one more time. Share that one more time. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right, and the, and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Notice there's nothing in there about happy feelings because happiness is fleeting and temporary. You know, you can eat a double from In-N-Out. Maybe some of you are gonna do that this afternoon. You can eat a double from In-N-Out. That'll bring you temporary happiness. I prefer eating a taco or a burrito. I prefer Mexican food, but you know that brings temporary happiness, but that's not really what joy is. Happiness comes from our circumstances or what's happening in the world around us or in our, in our environment, but joy comes from the Lord. Joy comes from the Lord. So If you have a Bible, I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of Philippians and maybe you have your phone or they'll probably put it up on the screen. You can follow along. In the short book of Philippians, which is only four chapters long, the apostle Paul uses the word joy 16 times, 16 times in in four short chapters. And the amazing thing is that Paul didn't write the book of Philippians when he was, you know, in a nice place. He didn't 
write it when he was on vacation in Hawaii or when he was on a driving vacation with his family and he got a break from his kids. Paul wrote Philippians when he was in prison in Rome, waiting to be executed. So in some of the darkest days of Paul's life, he wrote one of the most encouraging books in all of the Bible, the book or the letter of Philippians. And I'm sure I'd imagine that none of us watching right now are are in a physical prison, but some of us are in a different kind of prison facing some really dark days. Uh, maybe you would even say maybe some of the darkest days of your life. Some of us watching right now are imprisoned, imprisoned by depression. Or maybe you're chained to discouragement. Or maybe you're held captive by worry and fear and anxiety. Maybe you just have a death sentence that the doctors have pronounced over you because of an illness that you're facing or some sort of cancer that there's nothing more that they can do. You know, in, in my life, the, the last, feels like the last three, almost four weeks, almost every single day, I, I feel like I've, I've woken up just to, to bad news. Sometimes literally when I wake up, text messages, emails, things that are just happening, uh, not just in the world, but in, in my world and in, in people that I know, people in, in my church, even some of my closest family members going through really, really difficult times right now in the hospital fighting illness. And man, it's been hard. It hasn't been easy. And so this message, I'm encouraging myself because we can still choose joy. We can still receive joy and have joy, even in the midst of dark and difficult situations and challenges that we face. Whatever situation you find yourself in, Right now, friends, I want to let you know there is hope. If you know Jesus, there is always hope. There's always hope. He is the hope. He is the resurrection and the truth and the life. And having joy in your life is possible. In fact, I want to give you, I want to give you from Paul six joy builders that will help diffuse your discouragement and lift your depression. Six joy builders in I, I uh, put them into an acrostic, the word joyful, J-O-Y-F-U-L. Hopefully it'll help you remember a little, a little bit better. Here's the first one, letter J. Jettison all regrets about your past. Jettison all regrets about your past. I know that, I've, I don't think I've ever used that word jettison in my life. Hey, if you're trying to make a, an acrostic, sometimes you gotta stretch yourself a little bit, but The word jettison, it means to abandon as worthless, to discard, to eliminate, or to get rid of. The starting point of joy is to let go of your past, to forget your regrets. Paul writes in Philippians 3.13, he says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. When we confess our sins to the Lord, when we truly repent of our sinfulness, our selfishness, God forgives us. He's so kind and merciful. The Bible says that his love is unfailing. Jeremiah 31, verse 34, it says, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. 
some of us have asked God for forgiveness for certain things that we've done or maybe from our past. And friends, he has forgiven you. My question is, have you forgiven yourself? Because sometimes we don't truly forgive ourselves, and we stay stuck in our pain. We stay stuck in our past and God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to move forward. Don't let the pain of your past rob you of the joy of the present. Letter O is this. Letter O is omit all your worries about your future. Omit all your worries about your future. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, what a great promise. It says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for, for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You know, worry is one of the greatest stealers of joy, one of the greatest killjoys in our lives because instead of being able to be present and enjoy the moment, we're worried about something that might happen, something that, that may or may not even happen in our future. Instead of you being able to enjoy this great encouraging message, some of you are worried about stuff that might happen this this upcoming week. You cannot be joyful and worried at the same time, by the way. It's really hard. It's hard to be joyful and worried at the same time. I, I don't know if, um, if you know someone who is a, a hoarder, uh, you know, somebody who just collects stuff and can't get rid of stuff. Maybe you've seen a show on, on TV. Um, but somebody who's really, truly a hoarder, they actually, they have so much stuff that there's no room in their house. I've, I've been in a house like that before and it's, it's strange. I mean, literally there's just narrow walkways to try to get through piles, literally piles, boxes, just stuff, just packed into a house room after room. So much stuff that it's hard to actually move. It's actually a really sad thing. Spiritually, in our hearts, some of us are actually like that with worry. So many things that we're worried about and it's just taking up too much space in our hearts for God to come in and bring his peace and his joy. Some of us are worried, worried about getting COVID and what might happen. Some of us are worried about family members who have COVID and are struggling right now. Some of us are worried about potentially losing our jobs because the economy keeps changing. Some of us are, are just worried about the future of our country or what might happen in our world. Some of us are worried that if our kids don't start going back to school soon, then we're gonna do something that we're gonna regret and end up in prison. Come on, somebody help me. You know, that's true. Uh, I'm tired of the Zoom school, right? But listen, through prayer and trusting the Lord, as Paul just encouraged us, encouraged us to do, through prayer and trusting the Lord, we can start to, the Holy Spirit can start to, to get rid of the clutter and the junk and the worry in our lives and make room for his presence, make room for his peace, make room for his joy. You can either worry or you can pray. And if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough, friends, to pray about. And so don't worry about it, pray about it. Here's letter Y, J-O-Y, Yield yourself to Jesus. Yield yourself to Jesus. 
Paul says in Philippians 3.8, yes, everything else is worthless when, when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Friends, yield yourself to Jesus. What is the primary source of joy in your life? If you're to just examine yourself and be totally honest for a moment, what is the primary source of joy in your life? Is it your spouse? Is it your kids? Is it your career, your job? Is it your schooling? Is it a hobby? Maybe it's your followers on social media. I don't know, it could be anything. Friends, if your true source of joy, your primary source of joy in your life is anything other than the Lord, you're gonna at some point be sadly, sadly disappointed and let down because everything else in life changes. In fact, it can change just like that, just in the blink of an eye. Things can can change so quickly. And only a relationship with God through Jesus Christ is the starting point of true joy and the continuing source for joy. Jesus said in John 15, 11, he said, I've told you these things so that you may be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Psalm 16, 11 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Romans 14, 17 says, God's kingdom isn't a matter of what you put in your stomach for goodness sake, It's what God does with your life as he sets it right, puts it together and completes it with joy. Paul Paul writes in Philippians 1.21, for to me to live is Christ. He is my source of joy, my reason to live and to die is gain for I will be with him in eternity. The more connected you are to Christ, the closer you are to the Lord, the more you, you, you draw near to God, the more joy you will have in your life. Friends, that is the honest truth. I I know that to be true. In my own life, when I get angry, when I get irritated, frustrated, you know, and sometimes I can go not just just hours, but I can kind of even get into that mood for for days. It it, oftentimes the the source of correction or, or, or what I need to do to change is just to spend some time with the Lord and allow him to speak to me and get in his presence because he is my source of joy. Letter F is this, focus on what's good. Focus on what's good. Funny thing, I was getting a, a haircut uh, not too long ago, a couple years ago, and it was a place that I'd never been before. A lady was cutting my hair and I was talking to her and, and just out of nowhere, I, I've had a conversation with her for like 15 minutes. She says, you know, you're going bald in the back of your head, right? And, uh, and also in the front as well. And I was like, oh, okay, no, I didn't really know that. And she said, yeah, your, your hair is really thin. And she started asking me all these questions, giving me this like unsolicited advice. It was just the funniest thing. And actually it didn't offend me that much when I came home and told my wife, my wife was, she was laughing, but she was like really upset. But you know, it's funny, people can say things, sometimes well-intentioned, sometimes not. And um, you know, that they can be mean, they can be rude. They can be sometimes honestly just disrespectful and, and it can send you into a depression 
or at least make you discouraged if you allow it to. But you know something? You have a choice. I have a choice. Are you going to focus on the good things or the bad things? Are you going to focus on the positive or on the negative? Paul says in Philippians 4 verse 8, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Friends, we ought to think about what we're thinking about because we need to retrain how we think and also what we think about. The Bible calls that renewing your mind. Romans 12 verses one and two talk about that. Renewing your mind, retraining your mind in what we focus on, what we think about, what we meditate on. And friends, that's not going to happen, by the way, by listening to more political talk radio. That, that's not going to happen in your life by watching or listening to the news every single day. That's not going to happen uh, by being on social media all the time. That's not going to happen by reading websites or blogs from, from people. It only comes from the word of God. It only comes from the word of God. Some of us, some of you watching right now, you need a fast from these outlets and you need to start to feast on God's word. You're you're consuming too much of these these other voices that are not God's voice that are negative and are are just exacerbating depression and discouragement and worry and fear in your life and they're stealing joy. You need to fast from those things and you need need to start to feast on God's word. You need to read God's word on your own every single day. You need to get it into your heart, into your life. I mentioned that we're also doing prayer and fasting right now in our church. And one of the things that, that I'm fasting from is from social media. And um, man, it, it's been such a good thing because uh, especially in the last couple of weeks with everything that's been going on, people that I like in the church that are my friends, I was getting really angry in my heart. I was like thinking not good things about them that when I saw them at church, I wanted to like go up and punch them in the face, you know, for all the stupid stuff that I thought all the knucklehead things that they were saying on social media and then even just the news. And so I just decided I'm fasting from all of that stuff. And I'm just going to spend more time in God's word, reading his word. And it's been one of the best things because I'm focusing on what is honorable and what is true and what is admirable What's in the truth that's in God's word like Paul encourages us to do? Psalm 19 verse eight says this. It says, the commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. The more that you fill your mind and your heart with God's word, the more positive and joyful you will be. Letter U is this, uh, almost done here. We're gonna wrap it up. Letter U is use your life to help others. Use your life to help others. Paul says in Philippians 4.1, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy. You are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. You know, one of the reasons why Paul was so joyful in his life even in a Roman prison, probably chained to a Roman guard, waiting his own execution, still full of joy because Paul was unselfish. He, he was always thinking about other people. He was always thinking about 
the, the churches that he had started, his brothers and sisters in Christ. In other words, Paul lived his life for other people and not for himself. And friends, if you wanna have continuous joy in your life, one of the keys, one of the secrets is this, give your life to other people. Give your life away to others. The very nature of depression, by the way, if you think about it, is that it's, it's inward focused. It's all, about, it's all about me. It's all about what's, what's going on in my world, what's going wrong in my world. It's all about me. It's inward focused. And Jesus tells us that we need to be outward focused, that our lives need to be about other people. And so if you're battling depression, maybe I, I, for a fact, I don't need a word from God. I just know somebody watching this, probably many people watching this, you're battling depression right now. Friends, one of the things that you need to do in addition to some of the other things that I've shared is you need to go out, you need to get out of your house You need to get out of your house, be safe, wear a mask, get out of your house and go help somebody else. I'm telling you, that'll that'll start to break depression off of your life. You need to call up or text or get a hold somehow of Pastor uh, Michael and and Kareen and say, hey, how can I help the church? How can I serve at the church? And start volunteering, start serving, start making a difference. Maybe you need to go find a neighbor, find an elderly neighbor who's, you know, maybe locked in their house and, and just need some help, need some work done in their yard or around their house. Maybe you can take dinner to one of your friends who's isolating in your home. I don't know, do something. Think of some way that you can help somebody else. Here's another uh, simple acrostic for the word joy that ties in with this point right here, using your life to help others. J-O-Y, Jesus, others, you. J-O-Y, Jesus, others, you. And if you can make those the priorities in your life that Jesus is first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. First is Jesus. And then I put other people ahead of me. Then I put my spouse ahead of me, by the way. One of the biggest issues that causes problems in our marriage, men and women, husbands and wives, is when you start to, we start to get so selfish and self-centered and, and just focusing on our needs. My needs aren't being met and my needs, and he's not doing this and she's not doing that. That'll start to, to create a gap in our marriage and steal the joy from our marriage. Why? Because we're focused on, our st- on ourselves instead of being focused on serving our spouse. We need to serve other people. That's a key to joy in your life. It's so important. Stop focusing on your own problems, aches, pains, and start focusing on helping others. The more that you give your life away, Jesus said in, in Mark 8.35, the more that you will find it. The more unselfish you become, the more joyful you're gonna be. Here's the last and final point. Uh, And then I'll close. Letter L, joyful, J-O-Y-F-U-L. If you're gonna be joyful, letter L is this, learn to be content. Learn to be content. And that might be the hardest one for me personally is this one right here. And I talked about social media a minute ago, but let me just mention it again. It's proven fact and it's no surprise, it shouldn't be any surprise to anybody that one of the biggest causes of depression in our society now, in our world today, is social media. Why? Because we get on social media and we're following, you know, whoever you're following, your friends, family members, and then uh, entertainers and athletes and actors and all, all these kinds of famous people. And on social media, all we see are the great highlights of people's lives. We see their vacations, their nice vacations. We see the nice car that they bought or how they redecorated their house. Or, you know, we, we compare ourselves to how other people look and, 
and we start to get, you know, depressed and we start to get down. Nobody puts on social media, by the way, you know, like I had the worst day of my life and, you know, they put some picture of that, you know, they're putting pictures of their tacos that they're eating for lunch at some restaurant that they found that's open They're They're putting pictures of their highlights. And, um, and so if you want to get depressed, just keep spending more time on social media because, because it'll just weigh you down probably. You'll think about all the things that you don't have and the things that you can't do and, and, and uh, you know, just get, get more and more down on yourself. And by the way, if you don't know this, so much of what we see on social media is fake anyways. It's not, it's not real life. Again, because you're just seeing mostly the, the highs. You're not seeing the lows and seeing the stuff that people are walking through. I always think it's funny too, by the way, on social media, when you see somebody's picture and like, oh, that, you know, they look like a, you know, it's a handsome, handsome person or a good looking, you know, beautiful gal. And then you see them in real life and they look like Chewbacca. They look nothing like they do in their profile pic. Their profile pic is like Photoshopped or they took somebody else's or they, it's from like 20 years ago or something. But anyway, social media is, is not a good source of that. Friends, get off of Facebook and start seeking God in his book, you know, as the, as the preacher says. Spend some time with the Lord. And, um, but learn to be content in your life. Learn to be content. Let, let me talk to parents for a moment. I'm a, I'm a parent of 12-year-old, 10-year-old, and, and this is what I need to remind myself as well. But especially if you're a young parent, I wanna encourage you. Part of learning to be content is being present with your kids. Be present with your kids, parents, moms, dads. Put the phone away. Stop texting, calling, doing whatever you're doing. Just put it away and just be present with your kids. Even if they're little babies and they can't interact much, those are some of the best moments. Spend time with them. You know, it's, and it's, it's not easy being a parent. It's hard. Every season has different challenges. Psalm 127, verse three, it says that children are a gift from the Lord. I don't know about you. Children might be a gift from the Lord, but there's been times where I've wanted to return them to the Lord, all right? I've wanted to uh, exchange them for something else. Like, can you take my kids and can you give me prophecy or something? Um, But parents, enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. I heard it said recently that as a parent, the days feel long, but the years feel short. And so true. Life goes by so quick. I can't believe my kids are this old already. I miss the, the little days. So enjoy the moment. Enjoy the process. Be present with your kids. Be content. Paul says in Philippians 4.11, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. So many of us get caught up in, in the when and then thinking, the when and then thinking. And um, we think, you know, when this message is over, I'll be happier. <laughs> you know, we think, we think when this happens in my life, then I'll be happy. When I graduate with my degree, then I'll be happy. When I get married, then I'll be happy. When I have kids, then I'll be happy. When my kids move out of the house, then I'll be happy. When my kids graduate from college, then I'll be happy. When I get to retire, then I'll be happy. When I buy an RV and travel around the country and see everything and take those nice family driving vacations, then I'll be happy. You know, when, when, when I, and if you just keep going pretty soon, it's when I die, then I'll be happy. And you, you miss out on happiness and joy in your life. Friends, learn to be content. Enjoy the journey. God did not create you just so you could endure life. He, he created you so you could enjoy life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, for I have come that you might have abundant life, that you might have life and life more abundantly. It does not mean that every situation and circumstance that we face is gonna be good or happy. 
That's, that's not what I said. Jesus never promised that. But God is with us and we can choose to enjoy life. We can choose to enjoy the journey. Sometimes people think, well, that, that's nice, John, but I'm just not that kind of person. I'm just more of a pessimist or a realist or whatever. And, um, you know, I just, I'm not naturally upbeat and cheerful. Friends, I want to tell you, you're wrong. <laughs> that's just wrong. That's, a, that's, that's not correct. That's a wrong way to think about it, especially if you know the Lord. Here's the bottom line. Joy is a decision. Joy is a decision. That's why you can make the choice to rejoice because it is a choice. It is a decision. And you are as joyful as you choose to be right now. That's the truth. Same for me. I'm as joyful as I choose to be right now because joy is the determined, it's the determined choice, the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Paul says in Philippians 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I will say rejoice. In every season of life, even in this COVID season, every season of life, every situation, every circumstance, you are joyful, you are as joyful as you choose to be because joy is a choice. Choose joy. Make room in your life. Make room for joy. And the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Amen. Amen. I want to pray for you right now, friends. And my guess is all of us need more joy. Maybe you feel like you're really lacking joy in your life. I want to pray for you right now. So uh, would you agree with me in prayer? This is, this is for you. Believe that God wants to touch you right now. Father, I thank you for the calling church. Thank you for my friends that are watching, listening right now. Lord, you know what's going on in each of their lives. You know what season they're in. You know what circumstances, challenges, difficulties they might be facing. Maybe they're battling different things. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that they would receive this message Lord, that we would put into practice these practical things that we should be doing and draw near to you. But God, I pray that as we do that, that through the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit, that joy would come into our hearts. Depression, worry, discouragement, fear, anxiety. God, I pray that those would be pushed out through the Holy Spirit and that the spirit of joy, the Holy Spirit would come upon us in a new and a fresh way. Lord, we declare that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We declare that we are making the choice. We are choosing joy in Jesus' name. Break every form of darkness off of my friends. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to The Calling Church. Bring a friend. We will love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, the Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.